and welcome to a smegging spectacular episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm Jay. I'm Gav. And we are going to finally do the right thing here and talk about uh, a franchise that we have neglected to mention. To be honest, I feel like in the entirety of me and you doing this, because Red Dwarf took a massive, massive gap. Um, and for some reason, it obviously just... It didn't. It lost its relevance, and we just we've. I don't think we've ever discussed Red Dwarf, but it's such a staple sci-fi franchise. I definitely know you and I grew up with. Yeah, I mean, I I do think we have mentioned it, but never in depth. Like it's probably been one of those sort of like passing things. But yeah, I I mean, I obviously when when we've sort of seen that there was a film coming. I was very, very sceptical, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, oh, I don't know. And the way it was brought out was odd. I mean, obviously, it was sort of... Well, well, hold on. We'll get to that in a minute. The first thing, I want to just get out the way. It's something that you brought up and we should do. So we're kind of like, we're kind of ending the quarantine podcast now. I feel like we're going back into normality a little bit. So as with normality, comes with the news. The news! And the main news was the PS5 was announced with a load of games, and I bet you've got a little bit of insight, uh, some thoughts and insight on this, Gaz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember yesterday, mate. Well, I've got some. I uh, don't worry. I've, 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 as usual, got a meticulous amount of notes here, so I'm going to guide you along. Because one thing I noticed that you immediately said um, about the PS5. Was oh I know what I said. Go on. I fucking hate game trailers. <laughs> what is the point in a game trailer? Now I know you can get what you. I don't particularly like film trailers either. But even less relevant is a trailer for a game where it shows no footage of the game you're gonna play. Just the, the cutscenes. I am in okay. agreement. I am in agreement with you there. Like, obviously, I'm thinking, like, like back in the day, if, if, like, someone showed me a Final Fantasy VII trailer, I'd have been like, oh, whoa, look at the graphics, because it was played cutscenes. Then you get the game, and it's, like, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't turn my nose up, because, like, I was used to the graphics then. But I do think it's a bit ingenuous. I, w- I would much prefer, even if they then had, like, a bit of the trailer for look at what, how good the cutscenes are going to be, but then sort of wean it in with a bit of actual in-game play footage. But there was none. Well, there was one game that I definitely saw had in-game footage, um, and it's the one that I'm very excited about, and it was the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. It didn't have in-game footage. Yes, it did. Everything... That was all cutscenes. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, Gaz. The only cutscene was the bit where he was at the beginning, where he's clearly stopping an explosion, and the last scene where he takes his mask off. Everything in between that was uh, was gameplay. No way was that gameplay. Yes, it was. That's what's it insane. It doesn't even look like it's functioning as gameplay. Yes, it does. He's going around like smacking people and walking down the street and and swinging yeah, through. But in in cutscene variation. Have you have, have you got have you got Spider Man on the PS4? Yeah. So sure and you know it's that when a you visible difference between walking around the city and swinging through the buildings and what was like the cutscene 
bits where it shows him doing that. No, surely you know, like the like when you got hang. Because I, by the way, everyone, I got a PS4. No, no, finally got one, and I've got, <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got Spider Man. No, no, because oh. I really wanted it. And then I get told there's going to be a PS5, which I knew was going to come out, and then they announce another Spider-Man game. Although, uh, after speaking to our uh, ex-video games editor, uh, Dizzo, he has a theory that it's going to go on the PS4 as well, because he said if you looked at all the trailers, they said, like, PS5, PS5, but that one said PlayStation Family. And PlayStation Family means it'll probably make a PS4 version. Uh, But no, you know when you're, like above someone and you press square and it like you pull them up yeah it was just showing you bits like that if you thought it was like that was the angle it's showing you that and then swing a bit of fighting and stuff like that it was actual look it up guys it's actual gameplay i'm not believing it (laughs) why why would you not believe it it does look like it's gameplay video it is cutscene video it didn't show anything or like I know it showed him swinging, but that was no way gameplay footage. That was video footage. I mean, I can't really speak for... if I'm, I'm going to say the games that were announced, because I think you were watching along the news as well. I, I didn't, no, I didn't watch along. I just sort of caught up the next day. Right. Okay. Like, well, okay, you caught up, you've caught up. Um, I'm going to say... Do you say, think it looks like... Do you think it looks good? What, the, the console itself? Yeah. I think... Is it even possible to lie on its side? I don't know, but I thought it was tragic looking. I don't think it was bad looking. I, I didn't really... I don't know. I, I love all the memes that have been made of it, of stuff it looks like, but no one's, oh, yeah. no one's comparing it to looking like anything ugly. Uh, people like saying it looks like this person's... This anime character's uh, jacket. Uh, another person saying it looks like something from Lord of the Rings, one of the towers. But it doesn't I look like... It it's not horrible. like anyone's saying it looks like garbage. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, who gives a shit, really? But, I mean, I just thought, like, the PS4 is quite a slick little unit. It is, I'm looking at it now, it's a little sexy number, isn't and it? And it's like, that looks a bit, I don't know, it looks a bit garish. Like, if that was yeah, that no, that's, now that's a different statement, and I'll, I will go, go with you on that. Does it look ugly? No, but does it look like really predominant and like it's trying to it will, i can see a load of people like going this will not suit anything in my room it's going to stand out like a sore thumb because i think the thing as well which makes it stand out a lot in in for me the wrong way is the fact that it's got the white case and the black like inside it hmm. do you think they'll release a version you can buy well, i mean obviously not maybe will they for the actual release. I'm not saying like in two years' time when they realise they've made a mistake, but we'll do it in a in a style where it would be black case on the outside. Because I don't think it would look half as bad if it was like that. I think there is going to be colour variations. I'm sure I read somewhere about that, that there is going to be colour variations. I, I mean, it's two ends of the, this, the sword here because you've got you saying that, but then did you see the new Xbox? The, like... Just looks like a fucking Alexa. Who's just <laughs> it does. It looks like a first, the first draft of an Alexa. It looks like with it, that's how I picture when they say we found the black box in the aircraft. That's what I picture. Yeah. <laughs> but funnily enough, it looks like it would fit in into nearly every house. You wouldn't have this issue that you were talking about. It, well, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if I was, I'd, it's one of those. Like I, I sort of got an. Ex- I've had an Xbox and then I've had a 
PlayStation, I've always flip flopped with consoles. And a lot of the time, it's sort of like if there's a game on a, on a particular one that I think, you know, I have to get one for that that I really want to play on, is usually when I swap. But I only buy consoles when it's like three or four years old anyway. I never buy them when they're new. Well, yeah, I mean, look at me. I just bought a PS4. I mean, yeah. When I was, yeah, so. You do, right? They're way too expensive when they come out. And I know people are like massively into it. And they'll spend the money to, to get it when it first comes out, but it's just not my bag. I, I, I'll happily play the PS4 for another three years because I only play a game at a time. I'm not like a serial gamer. Yeah. Like I, I've I've been playing something called Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know whether you've seen it. It's like... I have. It's it's um it's a very good game. I think I've been lent it. Actually, hold on. Have I got oh, that? Yeah, yeah I've good. been lent it. I know that it's like re- mechanical dystopian yeah. Jurassic uh, like dinosaurs in the future and whatever yeah kind of it's like basically like animals but the ro- they're all robots and it's like set in yeah like a, a sort of ap- apocalyptic future I guess and like I-, I think it's brilliant but I've been playing it since I finished Final Fantasy which was probably like I got that in sort of like the beginning of April and finished it within about two weeks so I've been playing this game for like what two months, and it's going to be way beyond two months. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this game will last me like another probably two months. Well, I'm going to be one of these right, people. Now I need a new game. <laughs> I'm going to be so, one of these people that wants to. I want a hundred percent Spider Man because I, I, yeah, it's the kind I, of game. I gave up on it. Like there was a couple of the challenges. What were they called? Were they called like the Taskmaster ones? Oh, I don't know. Don't ruin stuff for me. I'm like, I've, un- I've only done thirteen percent so far. Oh, right, right. So, so you're, I'm, you're I've even said, it. I even said to Chris, I, I've just been enjoying because I've gone straight to amazing mode. I've read like, yeah, like, the the two modes before kind of gave me the impression that it, the game would hold my hand and pull me through, and I was like, no, I want to get good at gaming again because I used to be good, and then. I couldn't, like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Like, Eve came down and she said she's never seen me like this before. But she was like, you were looking, like, dead aggro and dead annoyed. And it's because I kept <laughs> dying. But I'm I'm getting well, there. that's because you played it on amazing mode. Yeah, but I'm going to... I'm, I'm. It's like when you first learned guitar and you said you accidentally bought the, the higher-level training book instead of the beginner's book. <laughs> yeah. I'm just doing that and I'm getting there now. But, yeah. Oh, I'm the opposite, me, you know. I'm a... <laughs> proper fanny for games like, <laughs> I, just, I just love the story <laughs> so I'm one of them who'll set it on dead easy and go yeah that's sad uh, mate I'm just going to go through it <laughs> I don't care well um, I don't play against people like I, I, I'm not a big like sort of online player so I know if I'm getting like a game even if it's got an online version like generally speaking I don't need to get that good at it because I'm not playing against anyone if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only game I ever like think, oh, I need to get myself good is something like FIFA. In case obviously that's more likely someone's gonna have it and go, Do you want a game of FIFA? And I'm like, Oh mate, I can't get tanked eight <laughs> 0 So that's the only game I ever put effort into getting better at. And even then I'm pretty fucking shit. <laughs> Well, it's not like this uh, PlayStation doesn't come out with an array of games uh, like back in the what, day. What, have you, what else have you got on PlayStation then? So I've only got I um uh, I've got Spider Man, but I've just been lent by uh, Dizzo, uh, insisted on lending me The Last of Us, uh, Crash oh, Bandicoot really... trilogy. Yeah, that is great. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. 
that to cut it. The Order, 1886. Never heard of it. Days Gone. That was really good as well, yeah. And one that he thought would be good for both me and Eve. Tear Away Unfolded. And it looks a little bit like a Little Big Planet kind of game. No, I've never heard of that either. Well, let's see what else you've heard of. Because these are the games that are going to come to the PS5, apparently. Okay. Um, I'll go through them with you. And you can either give me, if you... If you've got something to say about it, say, you know, if you want to go. But if, if you've not heard of it or you're not that bothered, try and sum it up in, like, three words. Let's play that. So, Hori- okay. Horizon Forbidden West. So it's well, gonna be... I, Is this from Horizon Zero Dawn? Is yes, it it's going to be the sequel. Right. Well, yeah, I'm really excited about that. It is absolutely, like... I, I, do you know why I started playing this game as well? Like, obviously, like, I'm not, like... I don't really follow, like, gaming blogs or anything like that, so mm. I have no idea what a good game is. So I, I just sort of, like, went on a thing that said, like, what was the best PS4 game of, like, all time sort of thing. And this one kept coming up. I was like, how the hell have I never heard of this thing? And then, mate, within, like, ten minutes, I was like, fucking hell, this is outrageous. The graphics are boss. The map is insane. It is just... I, I'm still... I, I've... How long did I say I was playing it for? Like two, two months. months or something. I've still not revealed the whole map. It is madness. <laughs> you, you, you just look, I, I wander around it, and then I go, "Ooh, there's a new bit up there." And then you go up and think, "Oh, you know, maybe it's just like a corner of a map I've not got to yet." Mm. Fucking new section. <laughs> Fuck off. So I've, I've for the past three weeks i've just been doing what i think was like an add-on to it which was called like into the wild or something <laughs> so like i mean that's that's a month gone just doing a side bit. <laughs> side quest <sighs> mate it's outrageous but it is well worth it cause it's like the, the mechanics of it i love like obviously you get like games where you run around and you shoot people and stuff like, this is much more technical because you, you've only really got bow and arrows and you've got, like, some things you can sling at them and stuff. But, like, because it's bow and arrow, you've got to hit the thing you're trying to, like, basically defeat. Like, it gives you, like, sort of seven or eight key elements you can hit and you've got to hit them precisely to, like, cause damage and stuff. Oh, it's so clever. And then, like, some bits, like, to get to the bit you want to do to destroy the bad guy, you've got to, like, sort of take off its armor first and then start shooting your bow and arrow inside it. But this is why you've got it all on ultra kid easy mode. Yeah. Oh, mate, if I was on hard mode, I'd be fucked. <laughs> it's gone out the window. Um, these have, you know, the next game, Death Loop. Never heard of it, no. Now, uh, Ghost Ghostwire. No, no. <laughs> uh, Hitman Three. Well, yeah, I did play Hitman, um, the original game. I think probably on PC. Bloody that hell! Was when I was more of a PC gamer, I think I'm sure it was. And I actually really, really enjoyed that. But obviously, there's been a whole series since then. Like, I think obviously the one I played, whether that was like one for the PlayStation. Did you say it was Hitman 3? Yeah. I would have thought there would have been loads more of them then, because obviously that must be about 15 years ago or something. I feel it got bogged down in... I think they tried to more go along the lines of... There's been two... 
I'm sure there's been two Hitman films and they're not related to each other. They've tried to start yeah. as like a film franchise. I'm sure there was talks of a Hitman TV series. And I do feel like there has been either expansion packs or spin-off uh, maybe kind of things. Um, Sackboy is getting a game. What the hell is that? You know the little the little brown thing that looks like Groot in Little Big Planet. No, because I've never played Little Big Planet. Oh, oh, really? Haven't you? No. Oh, right. Even I've played that. All right. Well, he's getting his own game. Uh, Returnal, which sounds <laughs> that's garbage. It sounds like something like what was that film where Tom Cruise keeps dying? Vanilla Sky. No, the one where he's a soldier in the future and he keeps like dying and waking up and starting his day again. It's like Groundhog Day. Oh, I don't know. Well, it sounds... What's Vanilla Sky then? Which one was that one? Vanilla Sky, isn't that just Is like... Is that where he erases his memories? Yeah, I, I, don't, I feel like... weird. Oh no, I don't know if you're thinking of um, that Jim Carrey film now. The Eternal... No, that's... Uh... Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, no, that's not the one I was thinking of. Well, anyway, there's another one. Anyway. Here we go. This is this could be right up uh, maybe Vicky's road here. It's called Stray. You play a cat. Yeah, I, I did see that. I, that did intrigue me because I don't think there's enough sleuthy games. What do you mean? Honest. What do you mean <laughs> sleuthy? Like you know, like where you play a sleuth and have to figure it out. The, the, the example I'll use is like Heavy Rain. All right. You ever played that? No, no, no. Oh, it's fantastic. I remember you Basically, going on about that when you were playing it. You're just like a... Well, you sort of play a few different things. But you play like a dad who's lost his son and you're, you're basically like going around trying to find clues as to his disappearance and stuff. But you also play a cop who's also investigating it. And you, you keep swapping through characters, but basically you put in rooms and you just keep having to like find clues. And I love games like that. I think I think they're so clever, like. And obviously, it, it's it's a cat. So that add the two together, I think you've got a winning combination there. Well, there's that. Does the cat talk? I don't know. I don't think so. It's like a cartoon cat. No, I think it's taking it quite seriously. Like you're a fucking cat. Meow. <laughs> Um, Project Athea. Never heard of it. You probably haven't, but rumours are that all the footage that's been used to show off the engine and the power of this console mm. is from that game, allegedly. Right, okay. Um, Ratchet and Clank are finally getting another game. Okay. I used to play Ratchet and Clank almost religiously. I'm sure I, I might have even 100%ed that game back on the PS two is it ps2 fantastic i always love those games where it's two people banjo kazooie ratchet and clank uh is there anything like uh, obviously playstation i've always thought have been like synonymous with like a crash bandicoot is there no mention in that no 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 although you know what else it's synonymous with i've got a uh a, a gran turismo 7 oh yeah yeah did see that one now i haven't played Gran Turismo again. This is one of them. I played the original and never went back to like any of the other variations of it. And I loved the original. It never appealed to me. It It never appealed to me. I felt like I'm playing. It felt like sort of like it's like the equivalent of when you play a football manager game, except it's like Chav Manager, where you're just souping up a car to then sit at a fake Tesco. 
car park. I think I think it's more to do with like like I, I like games where like you build stuff up, and obviously with that you sort of buy a Honda for like four hundred quid at the beginning, and then it's about how you sort of like you mod up your Honda to then win more races that gets you more money, so you can keep buying more cars and upgrading. So mm. there is an element to it that I really like, but the actual like I'm not massive on motorsports. I do quite like the F1, but. You know, I think if you if you love motorsports, you're probably going to like driving games. Where I'm, I'm not massive on driving games. Um, well, if you're not massive on driving games, you might just like this game because it has a bit of driving, but a bit of everything else. A game called Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like the third release of it's, it. It's a little bit of an underwhelming sort of like. I, I think what they said was that it's going to release as part of the console, isn't it? You just get it. No, you get Is it. it you get, no, you get it for free. Uh, you get yeah. you, no, no, no. You get the the online mode for free. You don't have to pay for that. So the yeah, 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 yeah. But not so, the game. No, no. I, I knew it wasn't like the missions or anything, but like the online variation of it. Then yeah, yeah. But yeah. like obviously that's like a massive thing to like people who play it. But like to me, it just felt a bit underwhelming because I think. I mean, GTA Five. When did that come out? Like three years ago. Probably more. Probably more. I, mean, I, I also and, I looked surely up. Surely to release a new console, it would have made much more sense for them to go. Oh, at least tease that it's in production or something. Yeah, but I think I don't think they want anyone taking their eye off GTA Five. Like last year, I'm sure I saw somewhere that it made six hundred million dollars last year. Well, yeah, if it's still making money, but then. Yeah. So why why get take, make people take their eye off it? Wait till wait till they're tired. Uh, wait till they're showing some tired tired. All right, bring out the number six. Um, Re- Resident Evil Eight was cleverly teased. Yeah, I, again. <laughs> well, well, no I, footage though. Played, I haven't played the Resident Evil game for a long time. Like again, when I was like a lot younger and that it was like the, the sort of first variations of them I remember playing them but like the only Resident Evil I really wanted to play was the VR headset one so I'm oh god are you kidding me is it not good no it's not that it's just I'm pretty sure Bibby played that and he, he there's a video of him playing it and he literally shits himself like he just yeah exactly I'd love that I don't know. oh you've got that weird thing where you've never felt fear and you want to feel it don't you it's, it's like, I don't know, I just think it's like one of the, well, it's not, I've never felt fear, I'm scared of heights, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but that's more like, you're more, war, it's, that's more of a worry than a fear. I don't get scared of like aliens or dead things or anything. Like, yeah. if I watch a horror film, I'm not scared. No, I know, this is the thing. That you, makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense, but yeah, you, so you would. The, for anyone listening, by the way, I only know Gaz doesn't have this like, He's got a lack of fear from... Um, he used to try and goad me into... There was an abandoned barn about 300 yards away from his house in a field. And he used to try and goad me into going there one night. Bear in mind, at night. It was, so it would have no electricity or anything in the dark. And setting up a Ouija board. <laughs> as if I was going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, it, well, all I'll say is... It's it, a bit of a disappointment, that, that old thing. Because no. it's like it was a bit of an urban legend that that place, but it, it's rubbish. <laughs> well, it's gone now, I think as well. I think it knocked it down. Obviously, I'm saying that because I'm not scared of ghosts or, <laughs> or, or dead things. 
sure some people might be scared by it, but I thought it was a, a complete waste of time. <laughs> and that's probably why I wanted to do a Ouija board in case it did something. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. You are literally. I've always thought with a Ouija board is that some prick's going to move it. Well, yeah, they must do because I mean, here's the other thing. I'm not saying I believe in ghosts. By the way, I don't listeners. mean a dead prick. I don't. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in anything like that. Only because. It's just, I used to, I used to, and then mobile phones all got HD cameras and they went in everyone's pocket and no one's took a fucking video of a ghost. And if you say, yes, they have, I've seen one on YouTube. Yeah, but it's not real, is it? It's uh, not real. So I, I, I just, from this that point on, my logic went the other way and went, oh, right, I used to think there was ghosts because there's just some things that can't be explained and no one's ever got on a, a photo of one because they've never been carrying a camera. But now we all do. There's still no footage, so no, I'm down with there's no such thing as ghosts. I'm always open to the possibility, but I'm very much one of those people who I need to see it for myself before I'd say, yeah, okay, then. Yeah, that's what I mean. If someone if someone came forward with, like... It's like, obviously, like, things like aliens, you think, oh, there must be. There must be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, aliens is, like, science and probability. Ghosts doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't know. Maybe. Why? Why are there no cavemen ghosts, Gaz? Why does no one say that they've seen a caveman ghost? It's always no someone in Victorian. <laughs> it's always someone in Victorian dress. Yeah, that is true. They're all, they, they, they are tend to be. Maybe, maybe ghosts only uh, found out how to become ghosts in the Victorian times. What do you mean? They ghosts only found out how to become ghosts? That's bol- Shut up. Because of being something to do with, like, and maybe the secret of how to become a ghost has been buried, and that's why there's no modern ghosts. Right, you're talking absolute twaddle now. <laughs> and with that, this, we'll move on to... Chris Wakefield, because he loves ghosts. I know, yeah. Chris is probably, like, smacking his steering wheel, because he, he's, he's had ghostly experiences. But at the same time, <laughs> at places where he's paid to go in to have a ghostly experience, so I just don't really take it that it was genuine and it wasn't just someone going, right, we've got to make them think they've seen a ghost now, do something. Yeah, Vicky, uh, my girlfriend Vicky, said that she's had ghostly experiences and she's record- she's got a recording on her phone, right, uh, where she went to one of these places where you go and they do like a seance or whatever it is and she was like listen and obviously like there's like silence and then suddenly there's like a right now obviously in my head i'm thinking what a load of fucking shite and she is convinced that this uh, like (laughs) just skips on the recording is proof i'm like that's not proof (laughs) at all (laughs) you're in a dark room and someone goes It's just indigestion. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like if I was there, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, fucking it out, the ghost." But no, not for me. I need to see something, mate. I a program called Most Haunted, right? And what used to wind me up on that is it's a production, it's a TV production where they go to hunt ghosts. So for me, I'd have in every single room they are going to go in a camera set up, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't just have three cameras. And then what happens is, what every bloody episode used to happen was you'd have one of the cameramen who's not in shot, obviously, because he's holding the camera, would go, ah! I'd spin it in the back of the head, mate. 
And then obviously <laughs> one of the other cameramen would pan round and go, oh my God, are you all right, Carl? And he'd be like, I've been it in the head, mate. And you'd be like, fuck off. And like, how many times they went to a haunted house and got no coverage at all of anything on camera. Exactly. And it was always off camera. Bullshit. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. <laughs> you know what wasn't bullshit? Red Dwarf. Hey. Hey. Um. So yeah, we're just gonna really talk about Red Dwarf as a whole. I've got a bit of a structure here, guys. I didn't um because you were, you weren't convinced we could that... go for an hour on this ship, but well, I I am not good with structure, as you know. I know. And also, I haven't actually watched a series for a long time, so I'm gonna be pretty hazy when it comes to the actual program. Well, let's talk about let's talk about what you have watched, which was the the reason this came about was because they finally did the long-awaited Red Dwarf film, The Promised Land, which I'll get more into the trivia of that later. But it came out on UK TV Play, the the, uh, app, in two parts, two forty-five minute parts, and it's essentially just a feature-length episode of Red Dwarf. It's still got an audience watching. They haven't used any fancy cameras. There's no massive budget been pulled out. It just felt like a very, very long episode of Red Dwarf. Um, but what did you think why of that? Why did? Well, do, we, do we know why? Uh, you said obviously, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go into some trivia. Why on earth did they release it like that? What? Like how we've seen... In, in two parts? Why didn't they just release the full thing? Because... Oh, I, I wouldn't even be that bothered if it was just released and it was going on to, say, like the BBC or something. But it was going on to UK TV Play. But it was so it also no aired. Sense. It was aired on Dave. In two parts in yes. consecutive weeks or something. Yeah, one 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 week and one the following week. So then right, they had to upload makes them like more that. Sense. Okay, no, that, that's fine then. It was only because, like, obviously, it sort of dubbed the the Red Dwarf film, and like. I just found it really odd that it was in two parts, and it's still in two parts on on the app. Well, that's how... Why did they combine it? I don't know. No No idea, but that's how Doug Naylor has written it and done it. Writers, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, were the people who came conceived Red Dwarf, but it's only Doug Naylor now. Um, But I thought it was... It was very Red Dwarf, and it just smashed... It got everything... It got everything really right, and this uh, like I'm, I'm, the joke that kept getting funnier was oh by the way spoilers spoilers everyone um, <laughs> was the, the every door in the in the cats uh, evolved society was a giant cat flap. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> so there were some really good like bits on that, like the sort of cat culture. Mm. I thought, the... but like I don't know, like. It's weird, Red Dwarf, isn't it? Like, I I love it to bit. It is very cheesy, the bit. Like, some some of the comedy is a bit. I couldn't imagine. Like, is this popular in America? Interesting. So, I have no real grasp of how popular this is in America. But that pilot, which we'll talk, we'll go into in detail yeah. a bit, in a bit. So, the U.S. pilot we watched is one of two pilots they trialed so two right. different channels tried this um That's in america and the second pilot got a bit of steam um but then was never went any further and that's the one that's harder we've not watched that that's harder to find mm. um but i, I was, wonder at, if I was I've at, watched the right one 
Well, I was at a comic. I was at a comic convention last year, and I was getting Brian Azzarello to sign my copy of Batman Damned. And whilst he was signing it, he, some we were talking, and he, I said something like "smeg." I just said "smeg" about something. Oh, you know, it's a whole smegging thing. And he looked up and went, "What?" And I went, "Sorry, Red Dwarf reference, isn't it?" And he went, "What's a Red Dwarf?" And he's from America. But then the guy next to him, who was also from America, who was like, like who was yeah. not, he was like doing something else for another fan, just stopped and went, wait, dude, you've never heard of Red Dwarf? And he's like, I've got no idea what you're on about. And he's like, it's like, it'll be so up your street. It's got a good British sci-fi comedy, but you've, he's like, are you serious? You've never? And he went, no. And then he just turned and looked at me and went, smeghead. <laughs> I, I guess like i wonder whether it's like one of those sort of like really like niche cult things over there like the, obviously it's so big america you're always going to get some people who mm. have like followed it and some people that, but i think on mass maybe they don't i mean obviously this is probably one for ask a yank yeah podcast. that's a good point chris if you're if you are listening to this um and if i'll inquire in a few weeks if he doesn't bring it up but yeah is red dwarf a thing in america but obviously, like, we'll get back to the, the... The only reason I mention that is because it is so British, the comedy. Mm. It, I Like, in my head, I was thinking, there's no way this would translate over there because the, the comedy is different. There's a very big difference, I think, in... in um, even, like, sort of, like, if you think about how The Office translated... Over there, yeah, I mean, it was basically revamped to an American version. They couldn't have done the office as dry as it was over here. Well, they tried to do the office series one beat for beat over there, didn't they? The, the, the series one of the office US is series one of the office UK, and it just didn't test well afterwards, like uh, it wasn't received. So they did, they just revamped and went series two, do your own thing. Make yeah. the characters more your own, and it's worked. But it's mad how so many failed. I did. I didn't know this. I've never seen it, and I don't want to. Do you know that there was a US version of the It Crowd that they trialed? I've not seen the It Crowd. No. No. Right. The one. I I, I imagine yeah, similar because I, again, I couldn't imagine that working there. Well, but... the three the three people in it were right. I don't know who played Jen. It was just a random. As far as I'm aware, a random female actress. I'm not familiar with her at all. Um, the the guy who plays um, the Irish fella, what's he called? Jen Moss and oh, I can't remember. Um, he's, I can't know. He's played by Jeff Winger from Community. Right. Which? How does that work? This really classically handsome, tall. But that's what happens, isn't it? A but, lot of yeah, time. but he's but he's playing the same character. Like the set set is the same. And do you know who plays Moss? No, Moss. Oh, he's he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. No way. I don't. But I don't want to watch this, it this because I'm just in... because obviously again we're going to come on to the Red Dwarf one, which has a similar yeah. connotation to that. Yeah, it does right? actually. Do you know the one that I did see? Um, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" What? Have you ever seen there's there's a US version of Men Behaving Badly? <laughs> what two and a half men? No, actual <laughs> Men Behaving Badly. Shut up! No, yeah. there's not. That's too yeah, British. Guess who's in it? Rob fucking Schneider. 
<laughs> what? Honestly. Hold on, I'm getting my. I'm just grabbing my tablet. I'm googling this. I didn't. There's no <laughs> way. What? Rob Schneider is a man behaving badly. Yeah. Hold on. Honestly. What? Do do. I'm surprised as well, like, there's a US version, sorry for this tangent, ladies and gentlemen, but it is quite interesting when you think about all this. The US version of Shameless is still going, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it, it's, it, it is a very, like, American, it's quite, a, obviously we've robbed stuff off them and they robbed stuff off us, and I've always Yeah, but we owned so, them like, first. Faulty Towers is the famous one, because they've tried Faulty Towers about 10 times, I think. And each time it's failed. Really? Think, honestly, yeah. I mean, to me, that that couldn't be any more British. It's John Cleese for fuck's sake. Oh. And they've they've tried it. Oh like, my god! Look at this. Names, yeah. But basically the same show. Oh my god! Men behaving badly. American TV series. Yeah, man. Two seasons. <laughs> um, Which only emphasizes the point that they will make any old shit <laughs> yeah fuck i mean have you ever seen the u.s pilot of the in between in between us uh yeah i did watch well i've not watched the full because i had to switch it off yeah <laughs> yeah exactly just awful absolutely and, the, awful. and there was a there was a u.s skins as well which didn't go very well no i believe um sorry tangent there but anyway yeah so it isn't it's red dwarf is like a very its own comedy. I mean, that was, it did. It was bogged with problems. It was originally conceived. I've I've got loads of random trivia for you, by the way, dude. So you're in for a treat here. Um, it was originally conceived and thought of uh, and finished uh, in 1983, but it took them five years to convince the BBC to do it. I I think it because it is. It's sort of like it's one of those shows I've always thought. If you get it, it's brilliant. But it's not going to appeal to all at no. all, and no. that's the thing. Is it, it? I think that's why these things, these sort of things, do get a cult following because they are a bit niche. You have to be a bit nerdy to like Red Dwarf. Yeah, and I think it's even then, even if you're a nerd, if you if you're not like that way inclined to that sort of humour, you wouldn't probably get it. I mean, let's just let's go back, just swing round back to the promised land again before we go any deeper into actual Red Dwarf. Yeah. Um, just a quick skim of it. What is it? What did you reckon? It was exactly what I, I thought it was going to be. I, I don't think it was brilliant, but I, I do think it was like safe Red Dwarf, funny in parts. Some of it felt a little bit tired, I guess. I don't know if there's a better word, but. Like, I don't think it was perfect, but I, I, I enjoyed it. See, I feel you're focusing on the on the negatives there. I thought it had so many much more memorable moments than the past few seasons, which I have enjoyed as well. But, like, to reboot Holly, they get out a, a giant floppy disk the size of a human being uh, to pop that in. Because yeah. technically, that's a great in-joke, that that's what would have been the design at the time of when the show was conceived. It was all floppy disks, so let's keep with it. I liked that. In fact, a lot of my favourite moments were Holly Base. Holly, like, going, he's to save their lives. If I blow up the planet at this exact point, it will fling you away from the planet and safety. The chances of this are extremely hard, but I can do it. I'm a really clever computer. I can do this. And he goes, right, 
and does it count down? And when he hits zero, nothing happens. <laughs> and they all go, what happened? He went, oh, I missed. Yeah, Mr. The Planet. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just yeah. Don't give me. Let me have another go. Hold on. It's, uh, the, um, I liked that they finally got Cass to address that Lister is his god because it always annoyed me that in the first in the first two seasons they talk about it and I get Cass' character. He's the kind of person who would just brush it off. But the fact that Lister and no one chase it up and it doesn't come up again has irked me. So that was actually closure. And I also really liked the bit where, like. Rimmer's entire arc of like him running around with the fucking extension cord to keep himself alive and he goes into low power mode and that nice little thing between him and him and Lister where Lister yeah, still will not admit that he likes him which I thought was very clever but Scott referred to him it was beautiful actually he was like you're the you're the light reflected from the moon yeah no I, I did like I'm not trying to put it down I'm just saying like in, in retrospect of, like, other comedy films, because it is, you know, it's been dubbed as a film. I don't think it's as... I call it a TV film, that. Film. I very much call it a TV film. For me, we'll get... Because, again, there's some really interesting stuff about the film that was meant to come out as well. But, anyway, carry on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, I really did enjoy it. Like, obviously, you know, you're going to regale jokes, and I, I'll probably go, yeah, actually, I really enjoyed that. I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss it. I just thought, like, it just felt a bit Red Dwarf by numbers, I guess. Which is fine. Like, that's fair. That's the whole point of it. But, like, you know, I'm always going to sort of go back to, like, when I really, really was into Red Dwarf, which was probably, like, the very early series of it. And I don't think it was as strong as that. No. Well, I mean, that's the thing with the series. Like, it is ca- carrying on. I mean, you were even saying, like, oh, no, I've not watched any of the series. I don't know if I can watch it. And I went, well, I've just binged all the series. By the way, for anyone listening, in the UK at least, every episode of Red Dwarf is on Netflix up until season nine, which you don't want to watch anyway, and we'll talk about that as well in a bit. But season 10, 11, and 12 are all on UK TV play to watch. And they have no... Season... 10 kind of has a story-ish between the episodes, not much, and then 11 and 12 just don't, but that's how they originally pitched it back in the day. They didn't want it to have this linearity because it meant that they would more likely be reared because we could just whack a random episode on and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. But I, I, I know what you mean, but the past, you really should watch those last the past three seasons because I feel like, you're right, it is a little bit Red Dwarf by numbers, but Red Dwarf is inherently good, so by numbers works. And I've, I've, yeah, no, and that's it. It's like I've seen shows that have come back like after like a while. There was a big gap between a few of the series, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, I've got it right here. So they went, it was series one and two both came out in 1988. They both came out as that much. Oh, right, I didn't know that. Series three came out in 1989. Yeah. Uh, then they took an, a bit a bit of a gap, and then 1991, you got Series 4, 92, Series 5, 93, Series 6. Then there's a huge gap. 1997, you got Series 7. 1999, you got Series 8. And then for 10 years, nothing happened because they were trying to make the official Red Dwarf movie. That was littered with problems, which uh, I'll try and find more of in a bit. Um, and they did Back to Earth, which is the terrible Series 9 three-part episode awful avoid it at all costs a lot of red dwarf 
people just don't even acknowledge it exists. Um, and then they did Series 10 in 2012. And then, yeah, 2016 Series 11, 2017 Series 12. And it's what been... was the series where there was like a dinosaur? I knew you would. I knew, <laughs> I knew that would be like top tier memorable episode for you. And I know the episode, it's in the, it's either the, oh, the final or the penultimate episode of Series 8. Right, well, because that's when I, I seem to remember it came back. So that makes sense because obviously they had a bit of a gap between what? So like sort of 92, 93 to about So that's 1999 you're revisiting in your head, but the original, it had been 11 years since both series one and two. Right. Because I seem to remember it sort of came back from, from where it, it bounced back. Whatever. Yeah. And I remember loving those series, even though they were like, again, you know, maybe not as much as I enjoyed like the, the uh, sort of, before series, but I remember thinking, "Fucking hell, this is actually really good. I'm loving this." I, I seem to remember, like, because obviously there's been characters that have come in and out of it as well. Yeah, in a strip, like obviously Rimmer went out of it for a bit, didn't he, and came back. Yeah, and the then thing they with... had, like, obviously Christine Kachansky sort of came into it at one point. Yeah, I've got all the reasons for why this happened, mate. I've been like oh, nice prep work for me from me here, right? So Rimmer leaves in series uh, seven three episodes in to become the new Ace Rimmer. Um, yeah. But that was done because he had been given a series for uh, Chris Barry, the guy who plays him, of the British Empire, which if you're listening and you don't know what the British Empire is, it's a very British comedy about a man who runs a sports centre and he's hilarious in it. I used to I used to die laughing from that show. Um, but yeah. He... It used to be like one of the best things on telly. Yeah. It was, it's like, what, was he in the Thin Blue Line as well? No, no, he wasn't. Funnily enough, Chris Barry, Chris Barry, and an interesting fact about again more facts here about Red Dwarf is the obviously the original trio of Lister, Cat, uh, and Chris Barry, and actually Holly. None of them were actors. Holly was a comedian. Chris Barry was an impressionist and a voice actor at most. He'd never done actual acting. Uh, Danny John Jules was a dancer who played the cat. And Craig Charles, who played Lister, was a poet. Yeah. I always remember that being the case. Like, with Lister anyway. I didn't know where Chris Barry was an impressionist. Yeah, he, he's mo- he was most... The cat being a dancer sort of makes sense. The... I sort of get why they went down that route. Because I just feel like they got the flamboyant character bang on then. Yeah, no, they, I mean, do, do you know the, the the famous tale? It's famous in, in Red Dwarf lore of how he got the part. No. So, if you've ever watched Red Dwarf, you'll know a cat is quite a flamboyant... He's, he's, a, he's an evolved version of a cat, and they've very cleverly written him to have act and behave and have the personality traits of a cat. He's vain, he only cares about himself... Um, and he just does has no empathy towards anyone and doesn't understand it either. So the guy, Danny John Jules decides to, for starters, he's going to dress how he thinks the character should, should dress. No one else had done this. So he dressed how he thought he should dress. What Danny didn't know was that he got the time wrong by an hour. So he showed up an hour late for his audition, <laughs> walked in, didn't apologise to anyone. Did the did the read the lines and walked off and they both were, both Grant and T- and Naylor just went, 
Well, if that wasn't the cat, I don't know what is. <laughs> I like the idea that he actually like came in an hour later and went. Aah! Yeah, yeah, he will. Well, that's that's like the first the first interaction. That's again a massive, massive difference with the pilot. This is actually a really good point to talk about the US pilot compared with the characters themselves as we go into them. Um, so the cat is first thing we see of the cat in our Red Dwarf is he pops open a gate, jumps out and makes that noise. Ow! Wow! Ooh, look at me! Ah! Like that. And he immediately takes up the screen. In the US pilot, he's asleep on a box. Yeah. And he has to be woken up. And it's like, that isn't the cat. This is first impressions. Um, but... Danny John Jules is amazing as the cat. I can't picture I can't picture anyone else playing the cat. And if you go and watch all all of them from 1988, I suppose, then to now, I feel they spend the majority of the budget on his suits. Because Lister's <laughs> yeah. always wearing the same. Crichton is always wearing a kind of modified one, but it's the same throughout a series. Rimmer, of course, has the same suit throughout a series because he's a hologram. He gets the best outfits. And the fact that just for like 10 minutes of a show is insane. Yeah, I, I, I agree, actually. like uh, There's a certain charm with all of the characters, though, in Red Dwarf. I, I feel like whoever did the casting for all of them deserves the medal, really, because every single one, you think it, could, it just wouldn't really work as well if it wasn't them playing it. Yeah, and obviously we'll we'll talk about the U.S. pilot, which sort of then hammers that home to me, because it's criminally un. It, it the cast in it is actually not very good at all. No, in that that was the main thing. I remember thinking, what <laughs> for like quite a few of the parts. Now, obviously, the delivery is going to be different. I understood that, but. They just didn't cast it very well. Well, they made... they made. If anyone's not watched this, by the way, I am going to post the pilot. It's on YouTube. If you put in Red Dwarf US Pilot, it's there. Um, but I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. And I might put it on the website as well so people can watch it. It's an arduous 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but you can watch it if you're interested in Red Dwarf and then you can get a grasp of what we're talking about here. Um, but it's just bizarre how they play... Rimmer as, like, a kind of Will and Grace gay character. Yeah. Um, I I kind of thought that having... And this is this was the thing that made... When I told you this, you're like, what? The the woman who plays the maid from Frasier. Um, yeah, Daphne. Daphne. She's Holly, which kind of worked. I think yeah, that could have grown. But again, she's British, Batman. isn't she? One of the best jokes in the first episode is Holly going... They're all dead, Dave. Yeah. They're all dead, Dave. They did it once. Yeah. It made no sense. That whole joke only works because he keeps going, so he's dead. And he's going, yes, he's dead as well, Dave. And then it literally goes on for five minutes where he's going, they're all dead, Dave. I know. And that's... <laughs> it, like they literally, all all they did for that was they went, so what's happened, Holly? And she just went, they're all dead, Dave. And then it moved on. I was like, what? Yeah, I think he asks like, about one, one other of the person. Best of Red Dwarf ever so wrong. Oh God, it's the fact that 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 all dead Dave joke is so ingrained in me because there used to be a little. Funnily enough, where I where I live now was used to be my nan's house, 
and right across the road, what's now like a fancy bistro, was a little DVD rental shop. And I went uh, through this point where I would just go there and rent the all the DVDs one at a time. And I remember that that the on the startup menu to Red Dwarf One, it's like shows like powders on like stools and over it you can hear Dave walking in the background going but what about you know what about Taylor he's yeah. dead Dave they're all dead and then you can hear him like going about go yeah but what about oh what about Stuart Davis he goes, no he's dead he's dead Dave they're all dead and it's a the, what's good about that interaction is you learn Lister's thick but he's not yeah. because he shows he's capable but he's he, he's what's the word? He's sharp. He's a man of the streets, but he's he just c- can't wrap his head around some stuff. And it also yeah. shows Holly as being like I don't know, like a, a, a computer, like it very very much a computer, just responding to him again, but having a little bit of emotion in his voice, like going, "They're all dead, Dave," but never really going <laughs> any further to explain it than that. It's it's a really good interaction and a clever joke. Um. The other thing as well, just while we're on the subject of the US pilot. Yeah. Obviously, Crichton's introduction. Oh, my God. I mean, he just turns up with his suitcase. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I knew, obviously, he. You, I think when you said, obviously, the US pilot and Crichton's in it, and I was like, well, how on earth is that going to work? Because obviously, he actually only comes into it. Is it series two or three? He, right, again, series two, Crichton appears in the final episode but it's not Crichton but it's played by a different actor yeah, yeah. Um, series 3 the producers of the show liked the guys of Crichton so much that they got him back but the guy playing him couldn't couldn't do it because he was already tied down to a play called like A, a Flea in the Ear I think it was called um, yeah. so they had to get in Robert Llewellyn to do it who does a, a Amazing job, and they just put I mean, down what, like what his... a lucky swerve that is. Yeah, if I'm being honest, because I actually I remember I I don't think obviously I, you know if it was like eighty nine, ninety one or whatever I wouldn't have watched them when they came out obviously. So I backtracked through Red Dwarf, so I'd already seen Crichton as we know him now, mm. and I remember getting to that episode and thinking, oh my god, I'm so fucking glad this Crichton didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It just didn't work. They, they. Nah, funny enough, though, they it was did... a lot more weedy. I thought. Yeah, they like, did. They even, did. Even though Crichton is like a subject to them all, you know, he's like very much the like android. You know, I'm your servant sort of master thing. Um, like the other one is too like butlerish, whereas with with the Crichton we we know and love, you can see like. Obviously, he's had much more time to like grow his character and stuff, I guess, rather than one episode. But you get the feeling like he, he sort of still knows what he's about in his in his own head. Yeah, you know, but... the fact that he wants to learn how to swear or lie and things like that. Whereas, uh, yeah, okay, one episode you might not have got that from the other guy. I just felt like he was much more weedy. Yeah, no, he he is definitely a lot more weedy. They recast him as he was the toaster. Oh really? Yeah. There you go. You have been doing your trivia. You hey, been... I have, mate. Honestly. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, well, let's let's talk about let's let's talk about Crichton. 
like a bit more there. That's a nice little segue. So Creighton is the funniest person in that US pilot, and he has the best, the funniest line in that US pilot, which did make me laugh out loud when they say, "What have you been doing?" Because he's just a spur head on a shelf. What have you? He, and he's like, "What have you been doing for the past three million years?" And he went, "Oh, I've just been reading that fire exit sign." <laughs> There was, even being honest though, this is what's weird about that US pilot. I didn't hate it. Oddly enough. The oh, characterization no. and the cast is dreadful. But some of the jokes actually landed. But those jokes probably landed, but probably because they were jokes that you've that were written. I'm sure that, that three million years fire exit sign thing, there's a similar joke that they play where they do have to leave Crichton for like 200 years somewhere and he just said he was reading the inside oh, of the yeah. label. I mean, possibly they were obviously using material. And as I say, in criminally got it wrong in the case of the like, everybody's dead Dave bit. But there was some good jokes in it. And that's the thing is like, I couldn't hate it because I did actually laugh. <laughs> so there's a part of me going, well, you know, maybe it should have been given a series. I don't know. No, definitely not. Not but, with not with how they portrayed like Rimmer. Jesus Christ, that was awful. I mean, I thought that I, I thought Lister was so badly cast as well. Like he's basically like a Han Solo type. Hulk, yeah. Isn't he? It's like what? <laughs> that doesn't work. Whereas the Lister we all know and love is just some. Uh, he's basically like. He's a scouser. <laughs> he's a scouser. Like a who, slob, isn't he? Yeah, he's just a slob. Who, he, he just he he he, can't, he thinks he can play guitar, but he can't. He all he wants to do is eat curry, drink beer, smoke fags, and just do nothing all day. And then he gets given this life where he gets to do that, and it just it drives him crazy. But at the same time, he doesn't ever do anything to change. He never tries to learn something. He never, and that's his character. He's just like. It's like a, a, a forever teenager, uh. but I love I love. I mean, it's hard to pick. I always thought I kind of related to Lister a lot in the kind of like the scummy side of him because I've been a scumbag with like <laughs> how I've lived in the past. But at the same time, I do have a real big rimmer streak. Yeah, I, I see some rimmer in you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say, like. I've got a bit of cat in me. Definitely. <laughs> Although Eve Eve would think I have a bit of cat in me because of the Well, way... yeah, I suppose. Maybe, maybe we've got a bit of all of them in all of us. That, I mean, that, that's them. another Lovely good... sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. That's what works about these characters. They're all so different, but kind of complement each other in the interactions, but at no point do they have to get on. It's not like Dave and Rimmer, Lister, sorry, and Rimmer, if you in case you're wondering who the fuck Dave is. Um, they, their dynamic is so interesting because they never, re- they don't want to admit that they like like each other. And they kind of don't because in one of the new series, one of the episodes, Rimmer gets the option to leave Red Dwarf um, forever. And um, he, obviously he comes back because of something. But he goes, does, doesn't even think about it. He goes, well, yeah, I'll take it then. And then he just turns around to them all and just says, bye, gits, and just leaves. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. It doesn't even doesn't build on it. It doesn't build up at all. I just watched the Ace Rimmer episode one where he, he takes over from that. And that kind of gives them a little bit more of a 
they care about each other. But at the same time, you could interpret it as um, the fact that he was pretending to be Ace Rimmer. And Ace mm. is the one that uh, would be like that with Dave. Yeah. Um, I mean, who is your? would you be able to say who your favourite character is? That's so fucking hard. Like, we haven't even touched on Holly. We haven't even touched on Holly. Well, mine is Holly. Holly let's talk about Holly. Holly's Holly character is... Genius, a super smart yeah. computer that is like it's the most advanced computer in in, in its the universe is set in. But then when it's left alone for three million years, it goes crazy and just <laughs> is more. It's just dozy. It's just the deadpan delivery as well. I don't. I'm not gonna pretend to know who the, the guy is that plays it. Oh, I'm um, sure you might have it to hand. I might have it to hand. Hold on. It's. Um, I feel bad for forgetting his name, but uh, to be fair, I'm not good with names anyway. Um, I think Norman Lovett. Yeah, I mean, genius, mate. His delivery of that character is just phenomenal. Now, obviously, again, we get because it's gone on for so long, it does have a bit where it's it's the female Holly, which I also really really like, by the way. She does it really well. She plays it so good, yeah. deadpan, but her own version, but still meaning to be the character. Which, by the way, if you didn't know why they switched to female Holly, they um, in real life, I've said this on a previous podcast, but I'll quickly say it now. It seems seems relevant. They decided he had to. The Norman Lovett was having to drive like two and a half hours to do this all the time, and when it came to like series four or five, whenever they switched, he didn't want to do that anymore. Without more pay, they refused to give him more pay. He got in an argument with them and left. And then he rang the girl who played the female version of him in the alternative universe and said, there's a vacancy, you should take it. And she only lived 10 minutes away, so she just took it and just did it. Yeah. And they wrote it down as a sex change in the uh, in the story. that He got bored, so had a sex change. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I, I just love the concept of it. Because obviously you've got the four main characters. And then it's just the way they bounce off this like computerized head, basically, is mm. just brilliant. Like I, that, a lot of like my favorite bits are like those bits where it's just like listed, like saying, you know, and, like obviously in in the film that that was probably my favorite bit as well, where he goes, "I missed," and it's like <laughs> it's just so good. What up, dudes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, which brings well. It also, one of the best the best episodes, which I think we could probably start talking about now, like favorite episodes, was the one where Holly uh, takes so uh, invents Queeg. What was that one again? So Holly, so sick that they're um, that no one respects him. Well, they they all like call him stupid and everything, and then they find an update for him. They upload it, and it's not just an update; it's a whole new AI. And it wants to just erase him. So they, they go, no, you both got to be here. And he's like, no, I refuse. And you don't get to be in charge of this. It's, you know, Red Dwarf mining ship rules. So then they have a big game of chess to decide who will win. And he loses, which is it's like, if he, if he loses, he gets erased. And it, <laughs> as he does, no, it's doing this really intense rook to uh, d4, king to this, that. And then it just goes dead quiet. And he goes, queen to... F seven, and Queen goes, moves moves someone goes checkmate. And he goes, oh, I didn't see that. 
It's like you've you've just killed yourself. He's like, oh, oh well. <laughs> and then so he deletes himself. They are dro- driven crazy by Queeg. And at the end, it turns out Holly just invented and made Queeg to wind them up. And it's the way he comes on and goes, "We are talking, Jape of the century. <laughs> we are talking March, April, and May fools." <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love him. Like he's just so funny, and he. Well, he used um, to be. The, he used to be like, intro. I, I, I really need to go and rewatch him because I know, like you probably could tell me more episodes than I could. Like I, I've got like such a bad memory of the series. It's, um, well, I've got such a bad memory. Um, so it's one of those like, but it's just finding time to go and do it because I'm obviously I'm on this wrestlerathon at the moment, so that's taking up a lot of spare time. But. I'm going to have to at some point, even if I just try and get like an episode a day or something, it'll probably take me about fucking, how many episodes are there? Seven, uh, 74. A while, isn't it? 74. 70 odd. Yeah. It's got to be more than 70, hasn't it? No. How many, how many uh, episodes are in the like early series? We're talking back that... in the day, mate. You only got like six episodes. Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, like, Making it a lot more doable for me, actually. Yeah, so I always thought there was like fifteen to twenty. I don't no, know why this, I'm thinking they that. even they even follow the format now. So series ten, yeah, eleven, I knew, and twelve. I knew the later series were only small. They, they've always been small because that's how it was back then. You just had a run for right. about six oh, weeks well, might, on the telly. I might just start it, you know, and get on with it. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me to pick a, a favorite character because I just see myself in. All of them a little bit. I feel like Holly does get the best lines. Cat is the funniest to watch him react to stuff because he's. And then R- Rimmer and Christ and the dynamic between them two of, like, oh, of the like that good example of that was in the Promised Land where he's like, yeah. he discovers that there's a ship giving, off, sir, there's a ship giving off an SOS. Oh right, well I can't be bothered with that. I order you to delete your memory. But sir, if I do that, you won't. Be, I, we, I won't see them, and we won't save them. Correct. Delete your memory. Okay. And he just shakes his head. He goes, Have you done it? Have I done what, sir? Deleted your memory. Why would I delete my memory, sir? Of of what? Of the ship that's giving off an SOS. <laughs> There's a ship giving off an SOS, and that goes on. And it's just that is exactly what they like. It's it's just absolute stupidity. Uh, I, can't... I think it'd be interesting to find, but as definitely as the pilot was such a colossal fail for the US. If our American friends haven't seen it, could we get them to watch it and give us the... It's one of those, I just don't know. But then, like, some British stuff obviously does translate. I hear loads of Americans love Monty Python and stuff. Hmm. And that's very British. I mean, what, what when you say get the America, the, get, get some Americans to watch which pilot, the US pilot or our pilot, our one? Maybe get them to watch our one and see if they actually like Red Bull. Yeah, see if it translates. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, guys, if you are listening, Field Mouse Jay or any Americans listening to this, uh, rock watch the first episode. Maybe please. we're being really naive. Maybe they, they already know it. I know, yeah. Maybe if, if you have watched it already, let us know. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything... You d- you can't remember a fave episode just because you're struggling. Um, my, my memory's crap. I need to watch them all again, and then... 
The Ace. Oh, I always great. think the Ace Rimmer episodes are always good. Um, yeah. I actually really. I've and I'm bad for this. So there was a lot of a lot of issues from series six onwards. So series six was where you had Rimmer. Le- uh, no, sorry, series seven onwards. R- Rimmer leaves, and we get Kachansky in. Um, but she's not bad. She does have some funny lines, and it does yeah. give an interesting dynamic between her and Lister trying to rekindle kind of again. And then Crichton hates her because he's stealing Mister Lister off him. Um, but I'll tell you what, I do remember actually. What? You know what, what ones I really like is when they went back to Earth, but it was in reverse. Right? Yeah. Um, remember that one? And it was like London was Nodnall. Nodnall. And obviously everyone was speaking in reverse, but they thought they were like just Norwegian or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I also, what's just come into my head was when they meet their opposites. Was it the... And like, Cat has got like the big like funky teeth and the bowl cut. <laughs> oh no, no. That isn't they meet their opposites. It's the, they become, um, they, there's, this, because this is quite an interesting thing about Red Dwarf and what, if you've watched it as most UK people have because it is a British staple um, to a degree you might not realise that there's no aliens in Red Dwarf anything that's in Red Dwarf that is remotely kind of like an alien Crichton always points out it's actually it's new tech it's a live tech that British people the British that humans have made so they make this like this emotion vulture which was essentially genetically modified to get rid of uh, a feeling that you don't want anymore, like despair or fear, um, but it's loose. And so it gets rid of, it sucks out um, a cat's cool. It takes his style. And that's when he becomes Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> Love that episode. He has a bowl cut, an overbite, and he walks around <laughs> with an anorak and a flask full of hot tea. <laughs> Um, there is it is quite funny because they do dimension jumps and time travel so messily. They do meet themselves in a couple of episodes, though. I'm sure, don't they? They've met. They've met their future selves when they, which they've killed because they were um, they were just horrible people. They'd become because of something they'd acquired, so they got rid of it. They've met. They've met the opposite versions of themselves in the sense of they went to the uh, parallel universe where they're all the female versions of themselves. Yeah, except, that was it. Except yeah, Cat's female one. version. Uh, cat doesn't have a female version. Because he's a cat, his opposite is a dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Superb. Um, they've all met. Uh, there was like a creature that could come up and make the perfect mate for you. Camille, that's the episode. Camille. So she... She's like a female android to uh, Crichton. She look kind of the, there's a, a version of her that looks like Lister to Lister, a uh, really smart looking super, uh, I don't know, super member of staff for Rimmer. And then, but Cat walks in and it's just Cat. <laughs> yeah. It's just him. <laughs> um, yeah. There's there's been a few weird things like that. Um. What else have I wrote down here? Oh, right. Do you want me to go through some um, bits of trivia I've not said yet? Go on, then, yeah. Right, so, yeah. Here's some stuff for you. So the first series that was aired was um, they didn't fill the audience. 
So about half an hour before it started, they had to run down the pub and tell people, here's a free ticket, come now, come now, bring your beer. Imagine being in that pub. Yeah. I always think stuff like that, how lucky you are for, for like, you to be in the right place at the right time, you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I think then when I, when I looked that up, it pointed out that, like, not but, like, three series later, they were selling out all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, actually, that just reminds me, my favourite episode, I know which one my favourite episode is, and they don't do enough, they didn't do many like it, was the one where uh, Marooned, where Lister and Rimmer are marooned on a, a moon, and it's just them together, and Lister, of course, he's a hologram, Rimmer's a hologram, so he's not worried about surviving, but Lister has to survive, and it's cold, and there's no food, so, like, Rimmer's like, trying to make him, like, you've got to eat the dog food. I don't want to eat the dog food. Yeah. And he's like, you've got to, to survive. And then he's like, trying to eat it and going, this is a steak. This is a lovely rump steak. And then Rimmer's like going, no, it's dog food and you have to eat it. <laughs> and then he's like, you need some, you need to burn stuff to keep warm. So he's got to burn like his photos and uh, burn Rimmer's books, which he gets annoyed at. But then he's got a guitar, his guitar. And he's like, you need to burn the guitar. And he refuses to. And at the very end, like, Rimmer, like, goes out. And when he comes back in, he can see a guitar burning. And he's like, I'm very proud of you. That was, that took took a lot of a, I've just never seen you in this light. I'm so proud that you've done that. And then as they get rescued, he goes to a cupboard and takes his guitar out. I'm like, well, what the, what did you burn? And then he just goes to, like, one of Rimmer's, like, is, is the cabinet that his dad gave him. It's the only gift he ever had. And he cuts a guitar <laughs> out of it. Um... That's my favourite one. Uh, yeah, so 1983, it was rejected until 1988, where they actually cheated. One of the a producer got money, said he wanted money to make a, a second series of a show called Happy Families, which I've got no idea what that is. And um, he then pretended to make that show while secretly investing in Red Dwarf and then managed to get that show cancelled because it wasn't very good to... and then pushed Red Dwarf. Crichton was named after a butler... From a book called the Admiral, the Admirable Crichton. All right. But it's spelt differently. Yeah. Obviously, they just made it look sci-fi. Uh, this is this is stuff you like. So the guy who played Holly auditioned to play Rimmer. No way! It just you can't even think of it, can you? I know Nothing he wanted. Like he originally auditioned to play Rimmer. Craig Charles originally auditioned to play the cat. Again, just, no. Um, Rimmer and Lister, so Chris Barry and Craig Charles, in real life for the first two or three seasons didn't like each other. So a uh, lot of the on-screen angst like, is real. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't like work. They watch it away sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, this is something we've not talked about, actually. That's why I went through this. The Red Dwarf movie that never happened. So the reason there was a massive gap and it stopped being made was at the end of series eight, there's this massive cliffhanger where the uh, Rimmer ends up on the ship. As far as he's aware, he's alone on the ship. Um, it's burning. It's going to explode. And death comes for him. And he literally kicks death in the, in the balls and runs off. And that's how it ended. And for years, because there was no internet, no one knew what that meant. And it was meant to tie into the film that they were making. Um, but um, it was so bad. They had so many people try and get involved. Like there was going to be cameos from Madonna, 
Um, no way. And people like that, loads of A-listers wanted to be involved. But because of that, you had more people coming in. Um, they wanted to recast the whole cast for the film to make it much more like a standalone thing. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I remember hearing about this at the time, going, they better fucking not. Hugh Grant was put forward for Lister. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, that's the way the Americans went, essentially. Yeah, it? but... Go for a handsome chap, but... No, that could not have worked at all. Yeah, mad. Um, yeah, so that movie was... And if you watch uh, Series 10, the final episode of Series 10 borrows apparently a lot of material and story from what the film was meant to be. So if you've watched the final episode of Series 10, you've technically seen what the movie was going to be. Right. Oh, this is a weird one. Series 4 changed the order of the episodes um, and put the one we just talked about, Camille, instead of the one called Meltdown because the Gulf War had started... A meltdown had an extremely anti-war story, so they just right. so they were advised to change it at a time going into the Gulf War to not appear to be anti-war, which I, I feel would be the total opposite attitude. Now you'd be told to yeah. do it. Um, interesting fact about all the actors that they all have first names for surnames, and they were all born on leap years. Little, little tidbit. Uh, <laughs> that is a tidbit. <laughs> um, some of the made-up swear words that they have in Red Dwarf, one of them is Gwenlin. If you ever heard them call someone a Gwenlin, that was because that was the head of the BBC comedy at the time, in 1983 <laughs> to 1988, who would not give them the show. So he became a swear word on the show, Gwenlin. Um, series 7, If and I've talked to someone about this today, so if you watch Series 7 on Netflix, two or three of the episodes don't have laugh tracks or don't have a live audience. And it's really jarring to watch these jokes be said with no laughter waiting for it or anything. And that's because they all got remastered and had extra footage put in, but because the extra footage had never been shown. Rather oh, than it had no laugh tracks, so rather than have some bits with it and some bits not, they just went with not. Yeah. Could they not have overdubbed? You, I, wouldn't you have thought that in the year 1999 someone would have come up with that? They probably later, year 2002, I think it is. Um, and even now, Doug Naylor, who's the one still running the show, um, on a commentary because all the. By the way, if you get them on DVD, every episode has commentary by all the actors, apart from in series five where uh, Craig Charles was too ill. So instead, uh, Chris Barry does impressions of him throughout the commentary to make up for it. Well, <laughs> um, they've all apparently he was watched the remastered episodes and just went, "Oh God, this is awful! Why did I agree to this?" So it, they, they apparently they don't like it either. But yeah, um, and the reason that they originally that they Rob Grant left Doug Naylor was wasn't anything bad. He just wanted more on his CV than Red Dwarf. He didn't want to just be known for the guy who made what Red Dwarf. What did he War. go on to do? He that made two TV shows I've never fucking heard of. What are they? Um, Hold on. Yeah, this is one of them things where I say this now and you go, oh, I know that. Uh, <laughs> Grant Naylor. Oh, no, hold on. Rob Grant, that's what I want. Rob Grant. Um, duh, 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 duh. He went on to write... Where does it say? It says here. 
Where, where's it gone? Oh, here we are. Dark Ages. No. And The Strangerers. No. Exactly. No. And then he hasn't done well, anything... Well, that was successful for him then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't done anything since. Grass <laughs> um... uh, isn't always green, Rob. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, and for anyone who has watched... Um, some of the newest... Uh, I don't know if it is the newest series, actually. There's, do you remember the one where Creighton... No, I think it is an older one. You know where Creighton uh, finally becomes human? They get a machine to change his DNA composition so he can make himself human. I remember something about it, but... So, so Creighton has questions about his penis. So he goes to the Lister and it's like, I've got questions about my penis. And he goes, right, okay. And then hands him a photo... And Lister's like, oh, God, oh, oh. And he's like, see that there? That that reaction is real because it's actually a photo of a man's penis he's handed and he didn't know it was going to be. He didn't know that was going to happen. I like that. Um, That's a good set joke. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, all all in all, I fucking love Red Dwarf. I I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I've always been a big fan. Um, it's it's weird when you said you got to be nerdy to like it. I agree with you. I do agree with you, but I, I, I think my mum and dad did like it, and they're not. I I think you've got to have a nerdy gland. A gland, right? But like, it, you'd like to tickle every now and then. You might not openly come out as being a bit nerdy. You might not watch loads of nerd stuff. But Red Dwarf is the thing that tickles your nerd gland. <laughs> The um <laughs> the one thing we've not touched on, I did say, and I will I'll be very brief with this because I'm aware of the time. Um, was yeah, series nine was a three part, three or four part thing that they wrote, and it's just god awful. Don't watch it. It's got no laugh track, which makes the jokes they just don't work without you laughing along. It's it's nothing. It's nothing. To, it doesn't take away from the quality of the writing, but it's meant to be wrote like a performance in front of a live audience. So when that, that isn't there, it takes something away from it. Um, and what else is it? It's, it's, it's bizarre. They go to, they end up on earth and find out they're a TV show. But in the end, it turns out to be a hallucination anyway. It's, it's one of the most pointless things and it just wasn't funny. So if you've never watched Red Dwarf or you, some of the Yanks who might be listening to this, um, and don't know where to start. Start anywhere. Anywhere you want. Start at one. Yeah, start at one, but just skip nine. There's no need for nine. You don't <laughs> need... There's, there is no need for it. Um, so, yeah, I really feel like I covered a lot of ground there. Um, is there anything you want to add? Did you want to talk... Did you want to talk a little bit more about the pilot? Or have, I'm, have we talked about No, that? I think we can move on, really. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It really wasn't. Like, I thought it was going to be like, I'd be cringing the entire way through it. And I did cringe in part. And, but I was surprised that I, I did actually laugh more than I thought I would. And I know it Red Dwarf jokes, so I probably should laugh. But I thought I wouldn't then. I, I didn't think the joke would work. But I actually did laugh. It's just that I thought the casting of it was just appalling. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of. And I hated way. the way they introduced everyone. Like, obviously, like, I think, especially because you know how it transpired in the, the British version, the proper version. Like, 
but like the fact Triton was just literally it was just so like convenient so easy it was like here he is with his suitcase <laughs> in episode one yeah and, it just and happens... as you say like the cat was pretty poorly done cat gets no cat that's another problem cat gets no screen time essentially either in in that episode whereas in that the original pilot they they, they quickly just set up they do the setup in about five minutes. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's three million years in the future. And it's it more... It felt like it was much more drawn out. Yeah. I they... wonder whether they were aiming to get the Lister, Christine Kachansky thing in more somehow in the American one. Yeah, didn't like, that feel like really so weird? overplayed in that pilot. I was like, like shut. they must have thought they needed the romance thing. But, in it but somehow, you had the romance because in, in our one, he literally went on like just a few dates with her and yeah. in his head he was smitten and in love. And then the accident happened. So he's chasing a girl who, he in his head he's built up to be the most important, best relationship ever and they would they were destined. But what's when you look at it, it, it wasn't. But that's the genius of it. Whereas in this, they were trying to make out they've been seriously together for ages. And then yeah. she has a wobbler about something, and they split up. It just it didn't it didn't need to happen. It's it, it... no, and that that took up screen time where you thought just like they could have done much more with the characterization of like if they were gonna like sort of bring Crichton in, could have done it a bit better if they just hadn't wasted screen time there. Mm. So I don't know, but yeah. Oh, actually, I do know one episode that I did. Well, I always remembered, like, was the way your brain just immediately went to the dinosaur one, um, which is hilarious. My brain (laughs) always goes to the one where they have to go and rescue Crichton is fighting a virus in that's on the ship. So he goes into like and makes an um, he's got to develop the software for it, and so he goes into the AI machine to do it, and they have to go in there to save him, and they're like. They think they, they, they get the the game characters of the Wild West. You know, I am yeah. the Riviera Kid. Yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, and that and that is that is a brilliant episode. I feel was that called Gunmen of the Apocalypse? Because if it was, they won an they won an award for it. it's only one. Oh, really? That, well, yeah. That's quite good. Hold on, Grant Neal. No, go back, go back. Gunmen of the Apocalypse won an international Emmy. Is it the one I'm thinking? Of? Yes, it is. Gunmen of the Apocalypse. That's how oh, good an episode, episode it is. Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, yeah. So effectively, what we're saying is, if you've never watched Red Dwarf, go and watch it. If you have watched it, do what I'm going to do and rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, and just series ten, eleven, and twelve. Just yeah, it might be Red Dwarf by numbers, but as we've pointed out, Red Dwarf by numbers works because Red Dwarf works if you try and stray too far like the american pilots it just doesn't work um don't forget we'll be hopefully we'll be able to see each other soon me and you like it Hell seems yeah hopefully well it i mean seems te- to te- be going that way now doesn't it yeah i feel like we'll be we'll be able to see each other soon so that's why i've said i feel like this is going to be there's no more quarantine podcasts um i feel like we're going to go back to normal so 
If you've not listened, by the way, to any quarantine podcasts, I know I haven't listened to our... I normally listen to our podcasts to just check them over. I've not listened to them, so it'll be quite fun for me to go back and listen to quarantine developing over the weeks and (laughs) hearing us talk about it, as well as the stuff we're watching and doing. Uh, But yeah, don't forget to go to talknerdy.uk. There's always trailers on there, brand new trailers, uh, reviews, blogs... Not as many vlogs as we used to do, but we've been locked up and we're maybe trying to change that in the future. Podcasts, um, Chris's Comics podcasts and all. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials where you can then see stuff like the pilot for Red Dwarf, the US pilot. I'm going to put that on the Facebook page around the same time I upload this. Um, as usual, I'm going to, for no reason, ask does Gaz have anything he wants to plug, but he never does. Not right now, Smegad. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, thank you. Oh, you know what? Just before we go, just before we go, one thing we didn't talk about, and we can just quickly touch on because I'm gonna put it here at the end. The fucking theme tune, man. Oh, it's about uh, ev- ev- oddly enough, right? I obviously, you know, we were gonna be doing this uh, Red Dwarf podcast thing, and obviously, at the moment in lockdown in Britain, it seems that anyone who wants to do a video call wants to do a fucking quiz. <laughs> Don't get what's going on. Like in work, like. I, like, oh, right, we're, we're having a chat for half an hour. Do you want to do a quiz? Oh, it's like, fuck's sake. What's everyone want to do quizzes for? It's insane. But anyway, I digress. But one of the theme tunes on Friday's work quiz was Red Wolf. And I was like, oh, jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got three, technically, really. It's got three theme tunes because it's got the the... Really, the, the the brilliant, the way it always opened, the original series really gave you a good idea of it, of just Lister painting Red Dwarf. And then it zooms out, and he's so tiny, and it's so pointless. Why is he painting Red Dwarf? And then just goes that... Like that. That's like one thing. And then you've got the amazing guitar solo theme. Which I yeah. learned... I did learn that at one point. Um, it was that or the Bill theme I was learning. And then you've got the classic, the one with all the words. It's cold outside. And with the bizarre lyrics, like goldfish swimming in my toes, drinking fresh mango juice. It's it's just <laughs> the weirdest fucking song, but it works. It sort of fits the show, though. And obviously, I suppose that's easy to say now. It's been like fucking... 13 seasons of the stuff or whatever but like I suppose it's like one of those where like I feel like it just fit and like it does make it just like you you almost like when you switch it on it's one of those sort of like intros where you go yeah it's Red Dwarf yeah that's what I mean it gets me I really like the the music always what gets me going as soon as it goes dun 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 I'm just bopping along yeah